0: Your holy Lord, we worship you. Your holy Lord, our hearts are bonded to yours. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy. Sing that to the Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. Oh, man, he's worthy. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I think I'm ready to preach the word. Better watch that. (laughs) Well, what do you think about Jesus? I say he's all right. What do you think about Jesus? He my body, He touched my mind, He saved me just in time, I'm going to His name, His day he's just the same, come on and praise Him, look what the Lord has done, one more time, look what the Lord has done, look what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Hey, sometimes you just need a good little shout to get it loose. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, let me me try to share the word as the Lord gave it to me. Hallelujah. I'm on assignment this morning. And then at the end, we'll shout a little more. Is everybody ready to shout a little more? Hallelujah. All right. Turn in your Bibles to Esther chapter one. We're going to talk about Esther just a little bit this morning. And um, I really feel in my spirit that I need to deliver the word as I believe the Lord has given it to me. And then we're going to do something else. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to say that as we go into this series on the book of Esther, the book of Esther is an allegory. Anybody know what an allegory is? It's a story that represents a deeper concept or principle. The book of Esther is an allegory about who you are. Everybody say, Esther represents me and represents us. Because God, in His infinite mind, has to take simple stories to tell us in order for us to be able to wrap our finite minds around infinite principles. How many of y'all know our little minds cannot comprehend all that is in the heart and mind of God? Amen? So God takes stories and He causes them to be translated to us, images, parables, if you will, to teach us eternal principles. One of the most powerful and my personal favorite, Fire Institute people, what do y'all think my favorite allegory of the body of Christ is? Anybody know? The Bride of Christ. Who said that? Somebody, yeah, the Bride of Christ. Amen. It is the Bride. Everybody say the Bride. That is one of my absolute favorite, al- favorite allegories as to who we are. We are the bride of the King of Kings. The church is the bride of the King of Kings. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Gay, straight, black, white, male, female, if you've called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you're a part of the bride of Christ. Amen. 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 There's so much to be said about the book of Esther because Esther is an allegory of the bride, and it's a powerful book. The church is meant to be Jesus' companion. The one-minded, one-hearted people that will come alongside of Him and become eternal rulers with Him. Amen. Glory to God. There is so much that we can say about the book of Esther, but today I'm just going to look at chapter 1. Today I want us to touch on some highlights from chapter 1 and hopefully impart the pressure and the call of this amazing chapter that's on you. There's a pressure. That's going to be released upon us from the Holy Ghost of God from the book of Esther from chapter 1 alone today. The book of Esther is about drawing the focused attention of the king. How many of y'all know we want the focused attention of the king on this place? How many of y'all know we can sense when it departs a little bit? And we need to, I want to always have the centered, focused attention of the king. Years ago, 1993, Pastor Johnny and I met in South Georgia, and he was sitting there, and he wasn't doing much of anything. He was just sitting in a corner in a facility. I won't say the name of the facility. We weren't serving the Lord at the time, but the Lord knew he had a plan and a purpose. Amen. We actually met in a bar. I do not recommend that. Because God had to take us through many years of becoming equally yoked to get us to a place where he could redeem our relationship. Can you say amen? But he had a plan. So there we were in that place. And he captured my attention. He captured my attention. How many of you all understand what I'm saying when you capture the attention of someone? He captured my attention. The bride of Christ is meant to exude a fragrance, is meant to exude a look, and is meant to exude a behavior that attracts the attention of the King of glory. How many of y'all know that there are some churches that sometimes won't get the attention of the King because they're more interested in their agenda than the attention of the King of glory? I want to be a church that can set an agenda on the side and say that more important to me than anything else, more important than getting through our process is attracting the attention of the King of glory. More important to us in our personal lives, more important than finding a spouse, more important than anything else is capturing the attention of the King of glory and maintaining it. Amen. Amen. That's what the book of Esther is about. And it's about entering into his presence with a new intimacy. In the book of Esther, we see one moment when the scepter was extended to Esther. And in that moment, she gained access to his presence. And it became the moment of salvation for an entire race of people. If I could impress into you anything today, it's that you are not sitting here just for yourself. You're not sitting here just because it's a good thing to wake up on a Sunday morning and go to church. You're sitting here because there's a divine purpose and plan associated with the destiny of people. And you're sitting here because we want not only the attention of the king, but we desire more than anything else for his attention to also grip a race of people and a nation of people that will say Jesus Christ is King and Lord. When we come to church, we don't come to church because it's a 501c3 organization. And we can give an offering. And then at the end of the year, we can get a tax deduction. And we have a social club. If you want that, go to the, 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 the Lions what? Lions club. Or, or a social club. I don't know if they have 4-H for adults, but you know what I'm talking about. Future farmers of America. I don't know. God has called us to be more than a social club. God has called us to be a a people, an esteric people, that when we come before the king, we're not just coming before him with our own agendas, but we're coming with a nation of people whose destiny hangs in the balance. I'll summarize the book of Esther and then I'll go back to chapter 1. The Jews got in trouble. And they were about to be killed by a plot of the enemy. And Esther saw it. And Esther, it was revealed to Esther through Mordecai, who was a type of the Holy Spirit. And Mordecai said, Esther, you've got to go before the king right now. And if you'll go before him, who knows that you've not been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. And if you'll go before the king, it'll bring salvation to a nation. So she went before the king and he extended the scepter and she went in and she was able to bring salvation to a nation of people. It's time for an esteric people to rise up and to be a people that will say, I may be gay. I may be straight. I may be black. I may be white. I may be Australian. Whatever the case may be, I may be something. I may be something else. But whatever the case may be, I'm bringing a nation of people before the king. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now we're first introduced, and I'm going to read from the King James Version. We're first introduced to the character Ahasuerus. Everybody say Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus. Now he represents the king of kings in this story. In an allegory, we don't need to think that everything is a literal line by line description. No human being is ever a perfect representation of Jesus Christ. But Ahasuerus, he couldn't be. However, there are a few things that I want to point out about him and the event that took place in, in Esther chapter 1. Let's go ahead with verse 1 and I'll read through chapter <laughs> I read through chapter 13. Verse 1 through verse 13, and it's up here. And I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible this morning. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus... This is Ahasuerus which reigned from India, even unto Ethiopia, over a hundred and seven and twenty provinces. That in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the palace. In the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even and fourscore days. When these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan the palace, both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. Where were white, green, and blue hangings, Fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black marble. And they gave them drinks and drink and vessels of gold. The vessels being diverse one from another. Everybody say different kinds of vessels. Yes, yes. And royal wine in abundance. Everybody say wine. Royal wine. According to the state of the king. And the drinking was according to the law, none did compel. For so the king had appointed to all the officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. Also Vashti the queen made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded of uh, seven people that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king. I, I could re- I could try to read those names, but I've just, yeah, seven people. All right, verse 11. That he commanded them to bring Vashti, the queen, before the king with the crown royal to show the people and the princes her majesty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment. By his chamberlain, therefore, was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Verse 13. Then the king said to the wise men, which knew the times, for so was the king's manner toward all that knew the law and judgment. All right. Yeah, I'll take the napkin, darling. I'm, thank you, babe. Hallelujah. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you give me the words of your mouth and the meditation of, uh, that the meditation of my heart will be acceptable to you, that I'll say the words that you've in, infused into my spirit, In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We're first introduced to Ahasuerus. And I want to talk about, real quick, five things about Ahasuerus that took place in chapter 1 of Esther. We see, first of all, his name. How many of y'all have ever heard the name Ahasuerus? It's a unique name, isn't it? His name in Hebrew means, I am lowly and quiet. That's what his name means in Hebrew. This is the type of the nature that Jesus took on Himself. And you, you quoted it this morning, Brother David. Philippians 2.8 says that Jesus humbled Himself. And Isaiah 42.1-3 says that Jesus would be someone who would bring justice without screaming or raising His voice. When Jesus came to us, He was lowly, humble, and quiet. And Ahasuerus' name reflects that nature of Jesus. And he represents Him in this story. I put here in my notes, we could learn a lot from our lowly, humble king who is quiet. When others tried to draw attention to Jesus, how many of you all know in the Gospel stories when He would heal people, He would say, don't go and tell anybody. Did you ever wonder why He said that? I wondered why for a while. But Matthew chapter 12 says, that it was to fulfill the prophecy that said that Jesus was lowly and humble. When Jesus did something great, He didn't try to make a name for Himself. Are you with me this morning? He was humble and He was lowly and He was quiet. The Lord calls us to be a people who are humble before Him. Not trying to make our names great. Not trying to make a ministry that will make us famous. I don't want to own RandyMorganMinistries.com because I'm not interested and I don't want us to be interested in making our individual names great. There's one name that we want to make great and that's the name of Jesus. King Ahasuerus was... His name represented who Jesus was. And Jesus was a, a humble king. The second thing we learn about King Ahasuerus was his dwelling place. Everybody say his dwelling place. Verses 1-2 through says that he sat on the throne of the kingdom in the palace of Shushan. What does that mean? (laughs) I want us to say this. He sat on a throne. Somebody say Jesus sits on a throne today. Jesus sits on the throne. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Jesus sits on the throne, and he is King of kings and Lord of lords. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is on the throne. Sometimes we need to make that a declaration in our jobs. When our boss ain't acting right. When our mamas ain't acting right. When our partners ain't acting right. We need to go out sometimes in our yard or on our jobs and whisper it under our breath or say it out loud. Jesus is on the throne. Somebody say, Jesus is on the throne. Never forget the sovereignty of God. He sits on the throne of the kingdom. you in Hebrew means the place of lilies. And what does that mean for us? Jesus said, consider the lilies of the field. They don't get frustrated. Do lilies get frustrated? a you